Well, what's up, everybody? Hope you're doing great. Welcome to Grace Church. Uh, watching online and worshiping with us. Thank you so much for dialing in and tuning into this video. It is so important for us as a church to continue to uh, be focused on the Lord and who He is. And I know for those of us here in Florida, uh, obviously things right now, just with Hurricane Isaias coming in, uh, there's a, a major concern uh, with that. And there just has just been so much upheaval the last several months. And so this is just one more thing. And so I, I want to encourage you, like as your pastor, for those of us here in Florida, and uh, it's just we need to continue to be reliant upon the Lord. Uh, we can look at our circumstances. We can look at uh, what we're walking through, but that will cause us to be discouraged. That will take our eyes off the Lord. And we have got to continue to look to Him regardless of the circumstances. And I know for us as a church, this is when we rise up. That's the type of church Grace Church is. We rise up during this time and meet the needs of the community and reach out. And so I'm so glad that you're tuning in to worship with us. This is the time when we need to connect with God the most. You know, and I know just I want to share briefly that over the last several weeks, we've been doing a school supplies drive. And thank you so much to so many of you who have been giving your school supplies and donating them. And, and we are so excited what we have and just to give to the students that, that are going to be starting school, I know some are going to start virtually and, and online, some are going to be in person, but the type of church we are is we continue. We continue to wear love out and show the love of Christ in our community, and, and this is something we get to do for the students. Right now, there's some uncertainty for them, but we, we want to do all that we can to help them to transition into a norm, as normal of possible of a school year as they can. And so I want to pray right now. Before I dive into this message, I want to pray for the situation. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for me. Uh, so would you pray and believe with me right now? So Lord God, we come before you. Father, thank you so much for your power, your authority. Lord, right now we want to put our trust in you. We need you so badly, God. We, we look to you. We want you. We desire you. We know that you're strong. We know that you're our protector. We know that you're our provider. And so God, in our areas of weakness where we struggle, in our humanness, would you help us to have faith? Would you help us to have boldness? Lord, I pray an anointing on this message as, we, as I talk about you and your word and your scripture and, and God, that you would unveil certain things in our lives that we need to see and recognize. And Lord, I want to pray a blessing over those of us that are walking through the hurricane and, and what, that's, what we're dealing with and facing. And God, I just thank you that you're our protector. You're our shield. And we just believe in that. Lord, I pray for our schools and the students that are going to be going on their school campus uh, in the upcoming weeks that you would bless them. Lord, that, that the Christian students would be able to be like light to those others in the midst of darkness and chaos, that they would find security in you and that it would be recognized. God, that you would get the glory for everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, for the next several weeks, we are going to be diving into a brand new series called Alter Ego. And if you understand just the reality of an altar, in the Old Testament, the altar was where they would bring the animal sacrifice and sacrifice it to, to God. Uh, and then when you look at the New Testament, there's even an aspect in Romans chapter 12 where the Apostle Paul talks about that we are to be like living sacrifices, that we're to put ourselves on God's altar. And then when you understand the reality of ego, ego is who we think we are, who we believe that we are, and so often we get wrapped up in, in being concerned with what other people think that we are or other people's perspective of us. And so what happens sometimes is we at times think a little bit too lofty uh, of ourselves. We think too highly of ourselves or we experience the opposite in our ego and our perception that we think 
lower of ourself than what we really are. And so the idea of alter ego is that we are going to take ourselves, take our ego and lay it down on God's altar. Lay ourselves there before him and not be concerned about what other people think, but focus on the facts about who God says that we are. So let me ask you a question in understanding this reality. Have you ever gone through a time, maybe in the past or recently, where you got to a place where you didn't know if you were going to make it? Maybe you just were, were pushed so far. Maybe you didn't know if you could take it anymore, didn't, couldn't handle it. Maybe you just got to the place that you wanted to quit. And I know many of us have felt that way. Maybe you're in that place right now. And so today, for this week one of Alter Ego, I want to talk about the reality of inadequacy. I believe that many of us, if not all of us, struggle with inadequacy all the time. I think it's something that's prominent in our lives. Because we'll look at maybe our financial situation and we'll see a wealthy person in the home that they have, the cars that they drive, and we don't feel like they do and, and we compare ourselves to them. Or maybe you, maybe you walk into a friend's house and you go, gosh, like their house is so clean and she is all put together and hair done and makeup and she just kind of looks all perfect and you don't feel so great walking into her home or being with her. Or maybe you're a student and you have a friend who doesn't really study much and it just seems that they do great. You don't know how they do it, but every single test, every single exam, homework, they're getting great grades and it doesn't even look like they try and you're working really hard and it's a struggle. And so sometimes those feeling of, feelings of inadequacy can come in. And I also believe that they come in in our spiritual lives as well, where maybe you encounter a friend or a person in church that you know, and, and they just seem to know so many Bible verses, right? That if they're going through something, they're quoting scripture at their problem. You're going, oh my gosh, I, I can't even you know, remember those. And how do they know all that? Or, or if you're sitting next to a person, maybe in a connection group or a prayer group, and, and the person next to you, Praise this just totally eloquent prayer, and you're going, gosh, I don't pray like that, and I wish I did. And so inadequacy really can affect almost every area of our life. And so we feel inadequate at different times. I know for me, uh, being a pastor, I often feel inadequate. Uh, I mean, gosh, to, just to have the, the fact that pastor is in front of my name and that's my title, oftentimes I don't feel good enough. Uh, I don't feel worthy to carry that title. I don't feel holy enough to be that and to live my calling out. And so, so many times I just, I feel like I've got to prove myself uh, to myself, to, to other people, to God, and that there's some standard that I have to live up to. And, and, and oftentimes I don't feel like I... I hit that, and I know 10 years ago when we planted Grace Church, um, gosh, <laughs> I felt so much pressure uh, in starting a church. It just, it's a, it's a bold endeavor, uh, and I just, I, I can remember very vividly uh, the fact that some people had concerns. Uh, there were naysayers, people that shared some doubt and some concern, and, and I, had, I had those myself. And just those feelings of inadequacy to launch out on a church. And, you know, there were even times when I would see other pastors that they would have some success and, and I would be happy for them, kind of. <laughs> I would get a little bit jealous and feel inadequate. Or I, I've had some friends that have had amazing miracles and, uh, where, where they, they literally have been given buildings 
whether it's an older church or another building and somebody just said, hey, we want to give the church this building. And I'm going, what about me? Like, God, that would be great for us. Or maybe one of my friends gets invited to speak at a conference and I'm going, I, I, I didn't get invited to speak at that. And so I just, I know those inadequacies, they come up in our life all the time. And just the reality that any time the inadequacies rise up in my life, I know for a fact it's that I've taken my eyes off the Lord and I've started looking at other people around me. And we just have to acknowledge that the inadequacies that we feel usually come from comparison. When we compare ourselves to other people and those that are around us. And so today... In talking about this, I think it's a big deal. I hope that you can relate. I want to look at Judges chapter 6. This is a great passage of scripture that speaks to this. And we're going to talk about the, the biblical figure Gideon, uh, a man who, who, was, who was called to, to do a specific thing. But we're going to see some inadequacies rise up inside of him. So let's take a look at scripture. Let's start in Judges chapter 6, starting in verse 11. It says, Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Oprah which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abizer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. And so normally you would thresh wheat in an area that is elevated or it, it you know has a, a good good wind that will pass through because as you throw the wheat, the chaff will come and you want the wind to blow the chaff away so you can see the kernels of wheat. Well, here we read that Gideon is down in a wine press. So normally there would be grapes where they could press the grapes and, and, and have wine. And, and so the reason this is happening, the reason he's there is because he's afraid. He's afraid of the Midianites and the oppression that they are having right now over the, the people of Israel. So let's continue in verse 12. The angel of the Lord appeared to him, to Gideon, down in the winepress, and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And I love this because the Lord sees something in him. And then let's continue in verse 13. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles that our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out, out of Egypt But now the Lord has abandoned us and has handed us over to the Midianites. And so the thing that I want to point out in that verse is the the enemy, Satan, uh, uh, who opposes us, he will always say the opposite of what the Lord is saying because he wants our inadequacies to rise to the surface. Can't you see it there in those verses? And so we have to recognize that in our lives as well. Let's continue and then we'll get into some points in Uh, And so continuing in verse 14, it says, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength that you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But the Lord, Gideon replied, But Lord, Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. And so look, at all of these inner emotions that rise up inside of Gideon. He's having an angelic encounter. And then all of a sudden, inadequacies rise up inside of him. I'm not talented enough. I'm not smart enough. 
I'm not pretty enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not capable. I don't look the part. How many times has that risen up inside of us? And look one more time at what the Lord says in verse 16. The Lord said to him, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. And so what we're going to do is we're going to lay our egos down on God's altar and have him do something amazing because it's not about who we think we are or who we think we're not, but it is absolutely about who God says that we are. And so I want you to think right now, why do you struggle with the inadequacies that you do? When you compare yourself with other people, why does that rise up? And it's possible that maybe over your life when you were younger or recently that you experienced some unfair criticism where somebody told you, you're never going to amount to anything. You're never going to be able to do it. It's impossible for you. There's no way. And many of us, you know, we've been criticized our whole lives and we are worn out. We are worn thin. We feel beaten down. And there are many times where we just literally don't feel like we can do it. And so you need to change that. I need to change that because we don't need to be looking at our inadequacies. In fact, the reality is what, we, what I want to share with you and what I want to preach about that we would get is that we actually have everything that we need. So in point number one, I want to share with you that God has given us more than we think. And I want to cross-reference this passage with 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything that we need for living a godly life. I mean, everything that we need. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous marvelous glory and excellence. And so see how, how this works in this verse? Because of God's amazingness, because of his strength, because of our knowledge in him, we have everything that we need to do and accomplish all that God has set out for us. So don't you dare let any of those negative voices come in your ear, thoughts in your head. Don't, don't let those come up anymore. Don't, don't let those emotions rise up that will diminish what God is trying to do in your life. Because we are made in God's image. We are a son or a daughter of him. We are royalty. We have everything that we need because of him. And so many of us, if we're, if we're honest, we've taken some steps in our connection with God. And we've done some pretty neat things. And when we look back at our story, we go, hmm. There is no way that I could have done that. There is no way without God that, that, that I could have done that on my own. And I know for me, just in my life, I don't even want to try. I don't even want to attempt to do anything that God has laid before me on my own strength. And so we, oftentimes, we know the reality. We just go, yeah, God, God, God is leading me. Uh, God has given me a plan and a future, and he's guiding me. That's great. Well, When we look at this story of Gideon in Judges 6, God gives Gideon a daunting task, doesn't he? I mean, huge. He says, Gideon, I want you to rescue the nation of Israel. And so let me ask you a very thought-provoking question. Where right now in your life 
are your plans too small? The reason I ask that is because when our goals and plans are only big enough for us to accomplish on our own, then we're going to be reliant on our own ability. Isn't that true? I know I've done that in my life. Maybe you have as well. But when we're thinking of plans and goals and dreams that are so big that we would have to say, there's no way I can get there unless God does it, unless God does something amazing. And those are the types of aspirations that God is truly interested in because he wants to take us beyond ourselves where we're reliant upon him, where the odds are stacked up so much against us that we know we can't do it. That's exactly where God wants us, where we know that we need his power, the power of his Holy Spirit being inside of us. And so I just want to share with you, God has given you more than you think in where you're at right now and where he's taking you. And so when those feelings of inadequacy come up and maybe they're rising up right now just in your head I talk about big goals and dreams and 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 you have that one and and all of a sudden the next thought is negative so here's what we're going to do we're going to combat those we're going to combat those with the reality that the second point I want to share with you is that God's view of us is different than we think because God sees more in us than we usually see in ourselves. I mean, think about this. If you put yourself in Gideon's shoes, Gideon's scared. He's threshing wheat in a wine press, scared of the Midianites, scared of being attacked, robbed, beaten down. He's hiding. And what does God say to this scaredy cat? He says, you are a mighty warrior. Now, I've been called a lot of things in my life. I've been called arrogant. I've been called prideful. I've been called a loser. I've been made fun of. I've been teased. I've been bullied. I was hazed in college. I mean, there could have been people that came along a way that that encouraged me, but they passed me by. Nobody ever called me a church planner. Nobody ever called me that. But God saw something inside of me that sometimes I didn't even see in myself. And maybe you can relate with that because that because God wants us to accomplish more than we could ever think and imagine through him. Let me give you a, a few fantastic examples in scripture. If you've ever read the story of Rahab, uh, her, her story is in the Old Testament where Joshua is coming in uh, to take the Israelites to, to over uh, to overtake uh, the people that are in the nation of Israel right now. God had given them that land back. And so Rahab was a prostitute. And she was used by God to allow jo- Joshua to come in for his army to have victory over a particular city. And so a prostitute is used as God, as part of God's plan for the Israelites to take over. Now, why is that? I believe it's because God looked down on her didn't see what she was doing, didn't see the acts that she was committing, but saw her heart and who she was, saw her desire and brought her to the place where things could change and turn around. And then after, after this all took place, Rahab, Rahab married a, a godly man. And then when you look at her lineage, she is listed in the book of Matthew in the genealogy of the Messiah, 
a former prostitute, decades, generations later, is listed in the line of Christ. Can you imagine if she let inadequacies rise up and stay where she was? Let me give you another example. What about David? David was the little shepherd boy who wasn't even invited to the anointing of the king party. But what did God see? He didn't see a little shepherd boy. He saw a warrior. He saw a man that he was going to use in a powerful way. And, and when you look at David's life, he had incredible sin. He, he committed adultery. He committed murder. But how is David known? As a man after God's own heart and the greatest king in Israel of all time. That's David. Not what other people see. What does God see? And then when you look at the New Testament, another example is Peter. Peter had this amazing opportunity to be one of the disciples. But then, on, on, right before Jesus' crucifixion, what happens to Peter? He denies Jesus three times. The time when Jesus needed him most, Peter abandoned him, denies him three times. And then what happens to Peter? Just a short while later, weeks later, Peter's the guest speaker at Pentecost. God's pouring out his Holy Spirit, and Peter's the one with the microphone standing at the podium. N not the one who denied Jesus just weeks before, but God saw something in him where even previously Jesus had said, on this rock, on Peter, Peter means rock, on this, on this rock is who I will build my church. And so God's views of us are often so different of ourselves. And so we have to combat, we have to combat those negative thoughts, those negative emotions that, that rise up. And this takes practice. Uh, this is something I'm learning. I'm really working out hard to, to try and have it in my life. But we have to learn to identify that negative thought or emotion, recognize it for what it is. Maybe the, just the thought where we just think, I'm not good enough. I can't do that. I'm not going to get that promotion. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have the right certification. So if I say I'm not good enough, is that positive or negative? It's negative, right? So we have to be able to recognize that thought or emotion as negative and then recognize that the opposite is actually what is true. No, it's not that I'm not enough. God says that I'm more than a conqueror. He says that I'm victorious because of Christ in my life, that I can do more than I thought was imaginable, but because of Jesus in me leading. And so that's what we've got to do. Recognize the negative and, rec and, and see that the opposite is actually what's true. Now, this takes practice, but man, I hope that that's super practical for you. And I hope that it's helpful when those inadequacy feelings come up that you would be able to take that thought or that emotion captive and, and change it around. Because I, it's obvious when you look at the story of Gideon in Judges 6 that he felt inadequate. I mean, God shows up with an, with an angel. The angel says this amazing thing. And the angel's speaking encouragement over Gideon. He, but he has serious uh, concerns about who he was. But everything began to change. Because at, at, at the end of the story, what happens is that Gideon was the one the, the, per, the, the significant figure that God used to set the Israelites free. The Midianites had oppression over the Israelites and God used Gideon to set them free. He thought he was the least. He thought he was the lowest. God said, no, you're a mighty warrior. And so I hope that's some of you right now. You feel low, you feel weak, you feel feeble. And God is speaking encouragement over you. 
and what he sees in you is more than you can think or imagine. And so I just want to encourage you that, yes, the Lord speaks those things over us, but we also need other people. We need other key friends and people that we can rely on that can speak that encouragement in our life. And so we need to let God's word also saturate our souls. What does God say about us? Who in our life is speaking encouragement? What are the promises that God speaks to us? Those are the things that we need to be listening to because it's less about what we think and it's more about God and about his glory. Because I know when I look at my life and I look in the mirror, like I am not good enough to be a pastor. I'm not. I'm sinful and I struggle. I never could do this on my own. But I don't have to. It even just makes me choke, chokes up, chokes me up just saying it. And I hope it does you too. We don't have to. Because we can be reliant upon Christ and who he is in our life. And so it's less about us really than we think. And we've got to understand that, that we need to lay our inadequacies down at God's altar and let the truth of his word dictate our lives. And so where is it right now for you in your life? Where are you struggling with inadequacies? What is the enemy speaking to you that's negative? Where is that? Maybe it's in work. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your parenting of your kids or in your finances. There's so many areas where the enemy will attack us. And so what is it that you are comparing yourself to to cause those feelings of inadequacy to rise up? Because usually it does come from comparison. You know, even Gideon, as we kind of tie up that story, what did he say? He said, I'm the least, I'm the weakest, in, in the tribe. So he was comparing himself to those that were in and around him and near him. And oftentimes that's what we do as well. So what I want to do in closing is I just, I want to pray for us. I want to pray for healing. I want to pray for breakthrough that God would deliver us from these feelings of inadequacy and that we would lay ourselves on his altar and just see divine revelation from him. So would you pray with me right now and believe for something amazing? So God, we come before you. Father, thank you so much for this story in your scripture. It is real. It's so true. Uh, what, what I'm sure what Gideon was feeling, Lord, what we feel, we can resonate with that, Lord. We connect with your word. And thank you so much for how you speak encouragement. You speak truth and reality to us. We love that about you. So Lord, we just receive it right now. Lord, we receive that, that encouragement that you're speaking to us. What is it that you truly see in us that we could feel you like never before? Lord, help us to take those thoughts and push them aside that are negative. Those emotions, those, those hurtful words that other people said about us long ago, that we would forgive them, that we would walk in forgiveness, that we would remove resentment, and that we would be able to walk in the authority that you have put in, inside of us. Lord, I pray just an incredible anointing, the power of your Holy Spirit to come over every single one of us, that we would know the truth about your word, the truth about who you say we are. God, I thank you for your power and your authority. We love you so much. And Lord, we, we love you with all of our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that's an encouragement for you. And we hope that you'll tune in next week. Have a great week.